Hey, welcome back to another edition of the Five Tool Podcast. I'm Dustin McComas, joined once again, as always, by Drew Bishop. And uh, it's, it's a big day for the Five Tool Podcast because uh, we've got some pretty good sources suggesting that friend of the podcast, Bryce Elder, former Texas Longhorn Friday Night Ace, uh, last year's Atlanta Braves Minor League Pitcher of the Year, uh, we've got some pretty good intel that he's projected to make his debut on the mound tonight uh, for the Atlanta Braves against the Washington Nationals. Uh, kind of a unique set of circumstances. You know, the Braves had to dip into a lot of their depth at the MLB level. Ian Anderson had a really short outing. Oscar Noah had a short outing. They just used a lot of arms. They had to use Tucker Davidson yesterday, who was kind of projected to be their starter today. And because of the short spring training and the roster rules, the Braves can't call up somebody that's already on the 40-man roster. They have to use somebody that's not on the 40-man roster. And Bryce Elder is not yet on the 40-man roster, but he's ready to rock. Um, It sounds like he's going to make his debut tonight. Uh, Just goes to show you, Drew, come on the podcast. Good things happen. Hey, Max Muncy in the opening day lineup coming off that UCL injury. Boom. Bre- you know? Bregman, Bregman was the AL player of the week. Bregman, AL player of the week. That's right. Like great things are happening to these pro guys that are coming on the podcast. Just say, hey. Mike Trout, if you want to get healthy and have a great year, come on the podcast. Well, we also had another major league debut from a podcast uh, guest. Uh, Katie McKinnis is now the dietitian for the Rangers. So I did not know that. Yeah. So she made her, she made her major league debut in Toronto. And it was funny. She said when for opening day, they announced every single support staff member and they were called out individually to go out to the line, which if you like, I can tell you as a four, I never wanted to go out to the line. Like never. So like a a good support staff member, like that's your absolute nightmare because like you're so used to like it all be everything you do is for the kids and the team and the coaches. So like that is like absolute worst case scenario. She was she said she was dreading it, but she also got to you know make her home debut last night and got to meet George W. Bush pregame, got some pictures with him. So awesome. Yeah. So yeah, no, I mean it's pretty pretty simple. If you come on the podcast, you're gonna have a good, good big league year. So absolutely. Apparently so. You're just gonna make the jump to the MLB level. And uh we'd have to ask her because I saw a tweet that uh the Blue Jays fans, because like I, I guess because things were going on, did they get they got introduced in Toronto, right? I saw yeah. a tweet that Blue Jays fans, because the, the process was so long, started booing the Rangers training staff as they came out. So we need to ask her if she got booed by the Toronto fans who were just I, like wanted to boo something because it was going on so long. Um, but really exciting. I mean, Elder to me, like I was I was a little surprised going back to draft time that he just didn't have more draft attention. Um, and who knows? You know, that was that 2020 shortened year. Right. I think he was going to throw the curveball way more that year. You know, I, I remember talking to Sean Allen about it and he was like, yeah, the analytics on it. Um, it was like, you know, per on a per pitch basis, it was like his most effective pitch. They're going to throw that more. And it just he, he looked like he was going to have an All-American season that year. And. I think it's a pretty good example that like, yeah, you know, things like track main data and all that stuff really matter for a reason. But if you're too married to your model, 
you're going to miss the Bryce elders of the world. The guys that can sink it, that can just flat out pitch that have the mental makeup, um, all those sorts of things. And I, I was looking this morning, he's only thrown because, you know, he got drafted in 2020. So no season then, um, he's only thrown 137 professional innings at the minor league level and just like already jumped from a to high A to double a to triple a last year by the end of the year and was going to open in triple a this year. Um, so shout out to him. Really exciting. Um, I'll, I'm going to try to sneak in some innings while I can, while I'm at my game tonight uh, with MLB TV uh, on my phone, but really, really excited to see. He won't stay up there because he's, again, he's not on the 40 man. Um, but it's, it's going to be cool to see him make his debut tonight. Um, and a guy that, uh, you know, yeah, we, we I, both, I we both know we both know Scott that drafted him who does like a phenomenal job in the area and really excited for him because, um, I'm sure that was the one that you, you know, you've got to fight for a little bit. I think that was the year there were only five rounds in the draft. And, you know, again, you kind of look at the data and things like that, but, but Bryce Elder can just flat out pitch. He just really competes and can pitch. Well, he was, and he was one of the last picks in the draft. Like yeah. we really thought, we really thought we were going to get him back. It was oh, so Can close, you imagine which... that if you had tied Madden and Bryce Elder in that uh, rotation with Tristan Stevens and Pete Hansen? Holy moly. That would have rotation that would have been. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, it was that... super close because he stuck to his price as he should have. Yeah. Uh, and the right. Braves ended up meeting the price. But yeah, uh, yeah. Re- really excited to see him debuting. But uh I- you know. I took advantage of a little roster loophole also because um, so we we normally have five bench spots in our fantasy league. Yeah. And we for our first two periods, we agreed because a lot of times they're not the CBS isn't super timely. And, and a lot of the teams aren't either super timely on adding guys to the to the uh, injured list. And so what we did for this year is for the first two periods, we allowed everyone to have eight bench spots. Mm-hmm. So I picked him up for tonight. Like he can't even pitch because I picked him up after the, the rosters locked for this period, but I'll probably have to drop him in the next couple of days, unless he just like, you know, throws a no hitter and they decide to keep him up yeah. or something, which, you know, I mean, that would be fine too. But just to say that I had him for his debut on our fantasy fantasy roster, I wanted to do that. And I was going to, I dropped somebody that I was going to have to drop anyways. So, you know, worked out so yeah yeah a ceremonial add to the list and uh you know unfortunately for him i think juan soto is going to be in the lineup tonight um so that that might be a little tough to deal with uh but exciting nonetheless um so yeah switching gears here we uh we saw some good stuff um you actually caught two games um i caught a game on friday uh the saint pious um saint pious the 10th game against Concordia Lutheran, but uh, you saw a couple of heavyweight matchups. You saw, um, who did you end up seeing? South Lake and who? So, well, Friday night I went and saw Heath and Prosper, um, Mm -hmm. and then Saturday I got to see Rockwall and South Lake. And I was, you know, originally I had planned to see um, uh, Mansfield Legacy and Flower Mount Marcus at DBU, but I I was at the game, I was at the game Friday night and saw a scout that we know, and <clears throat> you know, I said, Hey, you know, what are you seeing tomorrow? And he said, I'm going heading over to DBU to watch DBU play. And I was like, wait a minute. I was like, I thought my game was at five. What time is the DBU game? And he said, uh, he said it was at noon. So I was like, well, I better check in on this. And they had to move the game to noon and I just wasn't going to be able to make it. And, you know, as a, you know, quote unquote consolation prize got to just 
walk right or head right down the street and see Rockwall and um, South Lake, which, you know, worked out perfect. Uh, but I'd say so. Yeah. You get all these guys that just show up at your house. It must be nice. Yeah, it is. It is. You know, it kind of kind of evens it out. You know, we go out to East Texas some and yeah, after the, the drive to out to Wolf Earth to see Shores, get to even it out a little bit. But yeah, no, it was good. Um, I got my first look at Harrison Rosar from Prosper um qb1 for the eagles nice. um yeah and there's a lot to like there he hasn't played as as much baseball as some of the guys that we see um you know because of the football thing um and it was interesting too because you know he started off slow uh, both pitchers did him and johnny loafer he started off slow and then really settled in after in like what i would consider a all the way around ugly first two innings. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Johnny, Johnny Lowe was missing, just barely missing. He was splitting the ball where he wanted and just wasn't where the umpire wanted it. But, um, and then Rosar made some big in-game adjustments and looked like a different guy by the end of it. Flashed two different breaking balls. Um, really, really got command of the breaking balls late. And it was, it was tough. Like he had, he threw some really good curveballs. Um and then got to see Trevor Tranberg come in and finish the game for Heath. And nice. he was good. It, it was really good stuff. And, you know, it was a bounce back from the last time I saw him where he got pulled early in the big rivalry game. But, man, his stuff was really good. He was up to 89, threw a, one really nasty slider, um, threw a couple other curveballs that were good. Um, but a lot to like there. Um, uh, one guy that I really liked for – prosper that i hadn't seen as much was um brody bushy um who's a senior and man out of all the guys in their lineup and we know that lineup is chock full of yeah really good d1 uh prospects and a couple junior college guys but he took as good a bats as anyone um off johnny low uh had two two hits in his first two at bats and just looked really comfortable against good stuff all night long so i was i was impressed by him um, you know, Rosar's got a, 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 a big future on the mound, you know, especially if he keeps progressing. I think he's playing for the Tigers this summer, so he'll get a lot of exposure there. Um, but yeah, a lot to like, you know, there's, there's definitely some, some growth that he, I mean, he'll fill out and, uh, I think throw harder. He was up to 91, um, but good breaking ball, like I said, and a lot to like, um, Heath pulled out, pulled out the win, man. They just keep manufacturing ways to win games. Uh, Jet hit a couple of balls hard, uh, ground out to third, hit one to third, caused an error, then stole second base um, promptly. Um, just, you know, he's just one of those guys that even if he doesn't put up a loud box score, just watching him move around and stuff, you can just tell he belongs on a field at a very high level. Yeah. So um, good to see that. Um, the next day got to see Rockwall and uh, South Lake, like I mentioned, uh, coach Rose from Rockwall got his 400th win. Um, so that was a big milestone and got to do it at home, which was nice. Always um, Braden Randall, multiple hits, stole bases, uh, played second. Andrew Tellia played short. Um, Mac Rose caught, hit it hit another home run. Um Pearson Reebok did a lot of little things really well, played a good center field. He was hmm. out in the outfield this time, uh, laid down a good sacrifice bunt, um, got on base a couple times. I mean, just continues to do stuff. Um, really good. Uh, impressed with him. South Lake, um, Ethan Mendoza hit a home run. Um, got a, got a pretty, not a bad pitch. Um, 
it was, it was really, I mean, I can't even call it a mistake from Cade Crossland, but it was a good pitch. Um, I think he wanted that one back, but Ethan got a breaking ball up in the air and just went out to left center. But Cade Crossland was really good. Um, I think he ended up going five and a third, five and two thirds and uh, two runs against a loaded South Lake lineup. Um, who I will mention what they were missing Tyler White, who happened to be uh, down at AM for the spring game and actually ended up committing as, you know, we've talked about him being a nationally known punter. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, he can really kick it. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he, he wasn't there on Saturday, but you know, there's just so much depth there with that South Lake lineup. Um, and it, like I said, every time, every time I've seen them play, they, move guys around bat different guys um you know so you know i think they were kate crossland did a really good job keeping them off balance throughout the game um just kind of you know i don't for lack of a better term put them to sleep you know mm-hmm. like you just look up and it's the fourth inning and they had nothing at that point and rockwell got jumped out to a big 8-0 lead and then uh south lake scored a couple late but held on for the win um but yeah, it was, it, it was interesting. There's a lot of guys from Rockwell that move around quite a bit, um, speaks to the athleticism and, you know, those non-district Saturday games, a lot of times are good, um, good ways to experiment, get some depth. Yeah. And, um, you know, when you have guys that are that, um, that versatile, you know, you can do a number of things and you're not, you're not hurt as much if someone goes down or has to miss some time. But another guy who's just been on fire lately for Rockwell, Tyler Rollins, uh, his first three at bats, he went, like, he smoked a single, smoked another single, and then hit a hit a bomb. Um, this, is a, this is a senior that's having a good season, um, and just you know, th- it's funny because they got some guys up and down the lineup that can really do some damage. And I've seen some of those guys hit the bottom of the lineup, and I've seen them hit higher in the lineup. So there's a lot of you know, like I said, a lot of flexibility not only on the offensive side for Rockwell, but on the defensive side too. Yeah, it seems like there's a clear tier of teams in the state at the 6A level that, like, I don't know if there's, like, a standout, like, this team is better than everybody else in the state, but there are is there's, there's a tier of teams that just seems, like, up and down the lineup. There's just guys all over the place. There's versatility. There's guys coming off the bench that can do stuff. There's guys coming out of the bullpen that you're like, man, this guy would be an ace on a bunch of other high school staffs, and – Rockwall's like that. Heath is like that. South Lake is like that. It seems like Crosper's like that. I know, you know, when I saw Lake Travis down here, they're, they're kind of like that. Um, Tompkins kind of has that vibe as well. Like, I, I don't know if there's a clear top team in the state, although I think Tompkins is probably the consensus um, maybe right now. Although I, I could have swore I saw the coaches poll come out today and Heath might've been ahead of them. I have to go look at that, but um there's just like a bunch of teams that just have a lot of really good players. And like you said, there's, you know, there's oftentimes some senior guys will jump in the lineup that you don't really know much about. And all of a sudden they're kind of doing their thing. And, and sometimes those guys can get overlooked a little bit um, in the process, just because some of these teams just have so many players that you just, those Saturday games are great because you, you typically might not play all those guys during the district schedule in, the, in during the week, because you're obviously just trying to win those games. Um, but Saturday affords those coaches opportunities to get more guys out there and get some looks at them. Yeah, no doubt. And, and like you said, going back to the senior thing, like there's a lot of guys that <clears throat> there, there's still a lot of guys out there um, Yeah, and, and there's spots for some of those guys. So, you know, those guys just keep on coming and keep playing well. And, you know, though all you got to do is be seen in the right time 
right place once. Yeah. Um, ho- hoping and you know, I, I know hopefully we can help some of those guys get seen by putting some video out, you know, mm-hmm. Jeff and our video crew does such a good job with that. And I always love it when Jeff or some of the other video guys are at the games I'm at just because for one, they're going to get so much better video, but then it allows me to kind of pay attention to some other stuff in the game yeah. and look for some of those intangibles and, and, and talk to some people in the stands and get some other, you know, secondary info uh, on guys. But yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's amazing because it seems like everywhere you go, there's at least one or two of those guys uh, like at Rock Hill, that shortstop that we like Jack O'Pine. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some interest there from some people and, um, you know, I'd never heard of him before we went out and saw him the first time, but I was like, this guy is uncommitted as a senior. I mean, it's, it, but it's good because, you know, I mean, they keep playing well through their senior year and they may increase their options. So, yeah. Um, you know, like we preach a lot, like don't be in a hurry and don't, you don't necessarily need to take the first offer if it's not a place that you think will, you'll fit. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. You've had a, you've had better luck with the seniors than I have. I I feel like every time I go, I'm like, Oh man, like the catcher from the woodlands I watched, I was like, this guy can flat out catch. Like, I mean, yeah, he's, he's hitting ninth or eighth in the lineup. It's a good lineup. I was like, this guy can really catch, man. I wonder if he's, you know, signed anywhere and you know st edwards had him locked up i was like man it's a great job for that staff so yeah. um you know the eric arcade kid i was like oh my gosh this guy looks like a monster and cisco college had him so um i, I not as many diamonds down here in, in the rough per se as, as up there but yeah that's something that like every single time i go to a game now i'm like kind of going through the lineup and stuff like that and it's you always look for those guys you know that that deserve an opportunity to keep playing somewhere because this state is just so big that there's, there's guys, I mean, these programs sometimes will bring guys off the bench. Maybe there's an injury and this guy doesn't really play much. And all of a sudden he's doing some great things at a really big name program and kind of getting some exposure and things like that. But um, I went down on Friday to the Tomball area to get my first look at Concordia Lutheran, which pretty cool. You walk in that stadium and, and right now, they, I mean, they've got the, the kind of the big, um, display for guys that have played there um you know and you see Shane Boz uh Key Brian Hayes and Glenn Otto I mean to, Otto good. made his MLB debut last year I mean Boz we know made his as well and just uh, looks like a phenom on the mound for the Rays hopefully he gets back on the mound soon and then Key Brian Hayes today just signed his extension with the Pirates for eight years and um 70 million dollars and as a Pirates fan totally fired up about that one because the guy is just a truly special talent so pretty cool to go in there and see the, all those recent names up there at Concordia Lutheran and uh, um, who knows might have watched a couple guys um, that might soon have their names on there in the future and uh, got a look at Sean Fitzpatrick from Concordia Lutheran uh, uh, Arkansas signee 5-55 guy uh, facing off against St. Pius and in uh, case Evans who I'd seen before but um, you know a really good pitching matchup that that certainly delivered um, you know Fitzpatrick kind of labored through the first inning made one mistake and an uncommitted junior Austin Brown jumped on it and hit a hit a two-run homer out the left field um Brown athletic swing athletic short swing from Brown um just timed up the fastball really well and nearly hit a home run later in the game um off another fastball which he lifted a curveball and then they came back to him with a fastball and he nearly hit it out of the yard uh again I know that's a guy that's doing some good things for St. Pius that's uncommitted right now that's a junior but once Fitzpatrick got through that first inning, the next five innings, he struck out 11 guys to those five innings. And the curveball just, it baffled guys. Uh, a lot of uncomfortable takes, 
uncomfortable swings. He started going to it more often. And, you know, he's a near sidearm guy. It's a really low slot. But, you know, typically you see those guys from the left side that had those low slots and they're throwing sweeping stuff or they're throwing sliders. But he throws one of those short curveballs. And just I think the combination of the deception, the slot, the way it comes out of the hand, it kind of looks like a fastball initially. Guys just did not know what to do with it. Um, and he just racked up strikeout after strikeout um, against St. Pius. He ended up throwing six innings, gave up three earned runs, two walks, and struck out 11 uh, fastball was up to 88. He mostly lived around 84 to 87. Didn't throw many changeups, but he threw some around 78 to 81 miles an hour. And uh, he's really, really athletic, uh, really athletic, quick arm, loose arm. Um, I think that he's a guy that over time, is, the velocity is going to tick up a little bit. Um, you know, the next step for him, I think, will be refining the fastball command because he just doesn't throw hard enough to beat guys consistently right now. But, man, that curveball, he threw it for strikes Early, often buried it. I mean, guys just just took really uncomfortable swings against it consistently. Quick worker. Um, he's got some moving parts and delivery, but he's so athletic that he repeats it really well with no problem at all. Uh, definite starter at the next level, I think, although he kind of gives a unique look. Um, so maybe he's a guy that might pitch out of the pin for Arkansas initially because he, he's going to throw strikes from the left side uh, with the quality breaking ball. But um in the battle of the pitchers, he was outdueled by Casey Evans, who thinking ahead to the 2024 list, and uh, it's going to be hard not to put this guy number one on the list. It's the second time wow. I've seen him. Um, fastball was up to 93. He was still touching 91 in the seventh inning. And it was it was a different look this time because when I saw him, the breaking balls, there are more two distinct ones. There was a very distinct slider um, and also a curveball as well. And this time – it was kind of like a slurvy uh, breaking ball, and he threw a couple that had true slider shape. But most of all, it was kind of a you know a hard slurve type of pitch. And I, I think he was just manipulating the shape, and that's just kind of kind of what he had a feel for. Um, but fastball was really good again. Threw it through some changeups to lefties. that got swings and misses, but he could just pitch. You know, the, the velocity is going to grab the headlines because he's a sophomore throwing that hard. But late in the game he started sinking the fastball against righties to that, uh, to that arm side and really executing that way. And it just allowed him to get so much more length um, on the mound. He ended up throwing a complete game shutout, um, gave up just two hits, only walked one, struck out 10. Um, and this was a good Concordia Lutheran lineup. Had guys like um, Jax Traeger, Nolan Traeger, Alex Petrovic. I mean, Fitzpatrick hits in the two hole for them and is a high contact guy. That's a good high school hitter. So uh, not chopped liver that he was facing in that lineup, and he kind of mowed through there. And uh, he made a fantastic defensive play coming off the mound, showed his elite athleticism, uh, chased down a slow roller near the line on third base, uh, did his best Derek Jeter impression with a jump throw across the diamond to get a guy. Just a really, really impressive play. And uh, he's he's a special one. I mean, he, he, he's got the stuff, but he just – he knows how to pitch well beyond his years. You know, typically you see guys that are his age – and they might have the stuff, they might have the velocity, but they don't quite know how to pitch. Um, and he goes out there and knows how to pitch. So um, really impressive stuff from him. And, uh, you know, watching Alex Petrovic move around, who's uh, for Concordia Lutheran, he's committed to Auburn in the 2023 class, played shortstop for him. Um, pitcher, he's going to be a pitcher at the next level. And I was really impressed with just how he looked and moved physically. I didn't quite anticipate that because he's, he's a taller guy with some length. Moved around with some agility at shortstop, had some raw power in the batter's box, 
he's a guy I'm just really excited to see on the mound at some point, you know, kind of hearing some things in the stands from people. It sounds like he's been up to 93 miles an hour recently. Uh, I think he could be a really, really big time guy in that 2023 class. Uh, and then Nolan Traeger, 2024 catcher committed to TCU, threw out a runner trying to steal second base from his knees on a ball that he had to block. Um, he nearly took Evans deep first at bat to dead center, and it was bat speed. It was loud. Um, there's some hitting feel there, but Evans made some adjustments and got the best of him the next two at bats. But looks like a guy that's going to be a major, major prospect in that 2024 class. Um, a guy that could really, really hit and really, really hit with some power as well. So uh, one of those games where, uh, you know, got an uncommitted guy doing some big things with the bat and kind of creating the separation. But um, the stars were the stars in that matchup. And, and both those arms lived up to the hype. Uh, my first look at Fitzpatrick and my second look at Evans. Yeah, I mean, it's we talk about it and beat this dead horse all the time. But there's just like you can find games anywhere. I mean, even, you know, going to games that you're not expecting a big arm to show up, they start showing up. Yeah. <laughs> Every single thing you go to, you know, pick a game and you're going to find someone that in this state that can play at the next level. I mean, it's just, it, it, it never ends. And that's what makes these things so, so tough to do when we, when we sit down and make lists because all these guys make jumps at different times. Oh yeah. And, you know, they come out of nowhere. I mean, and, and sometimes like, you know, for a guy that, you know, we're getting to the back half of the season, you know, some of these guys have, start, have developed through the year. And if yeah. you would like, I mean, Brody Bushy, like I said, I've seen prosper a handful of times and, you know, I, he didn't stand out the same way that he did on Friday, you know? And so, um, you know, it's just, it, 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 it's, it's what makes the scouting world tough. Mm -hmm. um, but it's also what makes it exciting too. Cause you never know, you know, you can show up at just about any game in the Metroplex or the Houston area and you're going to find some talent. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's just something to look forward to and what makes this job fun for sure. And yeah, and there's no replacement too for like watching a game. Like I, I feel like, you know, even with a lot of these guys where I, I have a pretty good base understanding for, for the talent level and stuff like that, like there's still like no replacement for like watching them move and watching how they interact and watching how they compete and like, uh, their movements in the batter's box and running and, and defensively, like you can even pick up stuff about pitchers who aren't pitching like Petrovic, like, okay, like, yeah, this, this looks like a guy that's got more athleticism than I thought. Like that's going to help him on the mound. And um, you know, it's, it's a video and stuff is, is great. Um, but there's really, there's, there's no replacement for seeing a guy um, in a full game, especially high school district games, you know, it's just, everybody's trying to win. There's a different energy around it, different competitiveness level, but uh, it's, yeah, making out these schedules and these lists and stuff like that. It's tough because you're always going to miss, you're going to miss something. Um, but there's, there's truly just no, like, I feel like I have so much of a better feel when I go see a guy, um, you know, in a competitive game setting um, as opposed to maybe just seeing a little, some, some video clips or talking to people or whatever it is, you just get, you get a much, much better feel for the talent level and the skills and stuff like that. And like you said, like there are guys at the beginning of the year that might be doing one thing. And by the middle of the end of the year, they're, they're a completely different guy. And, uh, you know, whether that's hitting, pitching, uh, role, whatever it is. So, um, it, it just gives those guys an opportunity to stand out. And, uh, it's just, there's no replacement for getting out and seeing guys and stuff. And, uh, it's, I, I was writing up, a uh, you know, one of my columns that I'm going to publish soon. And it's kind of a reminder that like the schedule slowed down some, you know, because like 
we were hammering out a bunch of games so quick with the tournaments and everything else. It was like some weeks you saw like, you know, nearly 10 games and now it's just the right. district schedule. You don't see as much. You kind of get a little more time to breathe and bear down on games and guys and everything else, but uh, still a lot of baseball play. I was looking at the schedules and uh, still a few weeks left in district and um, before we get to May and playoffs and, and playoffs, we know can, can go a long way as well. So uh, hopefully some, some more guys grab our attention as we go through this. And uh, uh, I'm excited tonight to go see a guy pitch that, um, you know, hopefully the weather cooperates. It kind of made me nervous seeing some Houston schools move games to Monday. I was like, oh, the forecast doesn't look bad. I don't know why you're moving games to Monday already, but kind of made me nervous. But uh, seeing a guy tonight, like, you know, maybe the Houston area is Jack Livingstone, um, a guy in Zach Royce who's really throwing the ball well and really throwing the ball hard. Um, could be a guy that's making that big senior jump. It might be a guy that we consider for for 55 status. But uh, yeah, it's uh, trying to trying to shake the FOMO vibes when you get them and, and just realize that, hey, there's going to be good stuff going around elsewhere. But uh, chances are the game you show up to uh, is, is going to be good. Although I had a pretty rough streak when I went and saw Summer Creek beat a Tascosita 16 to three and then Harlan beat Brennan 22 to one. So um, hopefully a little better about better luck this week. Yeah. Well. What else, what else you got? Where you know where you're going this week other than tonight? Uh, let me see. Where was I going? Oh, Brandon Arvidsson later this week um, on Thursday because nobody plays on Good Friday. At least I don't think anybody plays on Good Friday. There, but. It's actually – there's a few up here that do. So, yeah. Um, I couldn't find any, any of them. But, um, yeah, I hadn't seen him pitch yet this year. Just the way the, the schedule kept working – um, he was kind of getting moved around a little bit and, you know, I saw him with the, uh, the Dodgers scout team in the fall. I saw him in the summer when he really took off. So, um, and dripping Springs has got some guys too. Um, you know, the, the Tracy kid, the freshman outfielder, you know, that's been throwing out the bullpen some, uh, his guy looks like he could be a really big time player, but yeah. Uh, and Alamo Heights, who I haven't seen, unfortunately, I don't think Edward Hart's pitching that game, but um, they're always a really competitive team in that area. So who knows what might stumble on there, but it'd be good to get a, get my first pitching look this spring at Brandon Arvidsson, a guy I really, really liked in the summer and the fall um, as well, a Texas A&M signee that um, I think still has some, some scouting attention. I think there's some, some guys that are definitely keeping some tabs on him to see um, how he finishes up the season. Yeah. What, what, uh, any college thoughts, MLB thoughts, Easter plans? No, no Easter plans. Um, we're actually getting delivered either Friday or Saturday. Our uh, our tavern to go is being delivered. So um, we wanted we for the longest time, you know, I think during the pandemic, we all spent so much time in our house that you kind of think of ways to like add something to your house that kind of makes yeah. it feel different than just like sitting in your house. So we wanted like a like a covered patio or something, but like the prices of that stuff in Austin are just outrageous. Oh, There's simply the, the, the demand is so much more than the supply. And so it's just allows these guys to just jack up the prices. And it's like, well, if you don't want to pay it, I'll find somebody that will. And comparing that to like Houston growing up, I feel like I could throw a rock and somebody would like, you know, like come do a covered patio at a very reasonable price here. It's like $30,000. And it's like, come on. Um, so we're kind of, I was looking through and, and, um my wife made the mistake of showing me like this these like taverns that like people kind of turn into like a like a pub shed type thing um there's this place called taverns to go and they they just make these wooden 
like bar structures. That's all they do. And they're based out of New Jersey. And I found them on, on Instagram. It's like, oh my gosh, these are incredible. They're like, you know, eight by five or eight by 10 and they're wood and like people decorate them and hang TVs in there and everything else. Like, oh, this is exactly what I want. But they didn't ship to Texas. I was like, oh, that's a bummer. Well, in January, they started shipping to Texas because they just had so much demand. And they're like, I guess they basically make a bunch and they store them in states. And then when they have enough people that that buy them in that state, they drive down and, and they come to your house and they set it up for you. And it's a it's a really reasonable price for what you get. Like we got an eight by five one. Um, so that's coming in either Friday or Saturday and got to start figuring out what I want to do with that. We got to stain it, um, got to paint it, um, got to get in a TV mount, going to have a cheap TV out there and stuff like that. So um, it's there could be some Jack has multiple Easter egg hunts um, in the same Ooh. day this weekend so um he's not really interested in actually hunting the eggs he kind of just goes and plays and does his thing but um that'll be fun as well but yeah looking forward to to getting the tavern to go got the the patio laid down in the back ready to rock so we can put that thing on there and uh, uh be great for for the major league baseball summer and stuff like that although it's gonna be a little hot out there i'm gonna have to install a fan um but that'll be fun but yeah, I mean, Major League Baseball. I mean, it's 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 been a it's it's been it's been exciting. It's been addicting. Um, pitchers have been um, not quite as good for me in fantasy terms. Uh, a lot of short starts, a lot not of effective starts, but uh, it's been fun to watch a bunch of guys. Like you know, I don't know if you've caught any of Byron Buxton recently, but he hit that ball the other day that was 101 up out of the strike zone, and he hit it out into the second deck in Minnesota. So it's like, I don't understand how you could do something like that, but um, you know, it's been a lot of exciting performances so far. I didn't really pay much attention to the college stuff this weekend. I was so dialed into what was going on with um, major league baseball and the lineups. Like if you play fantasy, like this time of year, paying attention to who's actually in the lineup and where they're hitting and are they getting platooned and, and all that sort of thing. Like is uh, it's, it's a big time to kind of figure out what managers think of guys. Like, you know, I was paying close attention to what was happening in Toronto with Kevin Biggio and he started the season a platoon, but he got subbed out mid game twice. Um, and now he's not even starting against righties anymore. It's like, well, got to cut that guy loose and, and, and yeah. figure out someone else. Goodbye. But yeah, I've, uh, I've, I've watched a ton. Uh, I've been like, writing and watching major league baseball in the corner and just bouncing back and forth yeah going back to the easter egg so our hoa sent out this thing that was like hey you know like we will um we will hide eggs in your yard for you if you fill out this form and whatever and so but it was for i guess saturday morning so they they told you that they they would either hide the eggs this past friday night or saturday morning and i i just completely forgot that we had done that and i got home from the game on friday night and there's all these like i was like what is that and all these little eggs all scattered all over our front yard and <laughs> already like, so like is yeah, he gonna no, see no, him was, already oh no no yeah he i mean it, they he saw him the first time he came out of the door okay. like it was la- it was last saturday but I was really proud of him because he like, well, first he went and got all his eggs and we had to open them and all that first thing Saturday morning. But then I was really proud of him because later in the day we walked, we were walking the dogs and he was and our neighbors, they had eggs scattered all over their yard. And like, he was like, kind of like, yo, yeah. He was like, 
kind of like walk, trying to walk straight, but look at the eggs. And I was like, no, no, buddy, those aren't ours. And he, he let him go. So I, I couldn't believe it first of all, but he let him go. But it, it was, uh, it was funny to watch cause he wanted to go grab those eggs so bad. And I just, you know, especially with all the doorbell cameras out and about now, like you're not going to get away with that. Anymore. No, so, uh, uh-uh, uh, uh-uh. but then, yeah, we, on Sunday we had his, uh, second birthday party and had some neighbors and some family over and yeah as you can uh, see behind me your 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 house probably is like mine and that there are just yeah. boxes of toys and everything well, else just you, yeah you're just to put them you're one step ahead of me because i haven't the pile that we made when he opened them downstairs is still where it was on so Sunday, was he so. interested in opening them Oh yeah. Like for, this is the first time he was like really into ripping the paper open yeah, and stuff. Jack and wasn't really in. that, that in, he just kept wanting to play, but he is like his favorite toy that he got is a, um, it's a kid's like um, Dyson handheld vacuum cleaner. Oh yeah. We have three of those. We have three of those. <laughs> he loves going around the house uh, and like, Oh, this oh, yeah. is great. You like cleaning. Yeah. This is, this is promising moving ahead. But like, yeah, it's amazing. Those toys though, you can turn it on and start sounding like a it, vacuum. Some of them work. Like yeah. some of the mini Dysons like will actually work. So yeah. we, we have one upstairs that he pushes around that he loves. And yeah, like Mary has to be very uh, picky about when she vacuums like for real, because mm-hmm. There is nothing like he will lose his mind if she tries to vacuum without him and he sees it. And so it's just, yeah, you, never something you thought you'd have to plan around, but we have to now. Yeah. But yeah. And, and you, and we, like we were talking about earlier, you can tell the people giving gifts to little kids that have either have had kids or that don't have kids because people that have kids are currently like young kids. They understand the curse of the big gift yeah right the monster gifts but you know we have some friends that don't have kids yet and grandparents that gave us gifts that like i mean i can hardly get navigate downstairs because we got he got a scooter a tricycle a train and a plane oh my god and they're all big enough for him to like literally get on top and ride around so like it was it is it's tough you know like there's we're running out of space and i I thought when we moved up here that we you know we upgraded like a thousand square feet and we're filling it pretty fast and yeah we're 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 going through uh we've in our like months ago we mapped out what what we wanted to do for the house to prep for the second one um which is like that clock is ticking fast um just had yeah. that 3d appointment the other day and it's like oh boy it's coming quick i haven't really done much of it but it's just like all this stuff comes in it's like oh my gosh where are we gonna put all this stuff and get organized and, and everything else and it's like who knows i might be sleeping in my tavern to go like that just might have to be what happens is i have to go move out to the backyard with that <laughs> either intentionally or unintentionally yeah yeah just but yeah it's it's uh it's fun to see what they're interested in right now and and everything else and kind of what you know what toys they're into and, and what they get but it's like yeah you know i i joked with the parents that like jack like um they got party favors and one of the party favors was a train whistle because they had a train theme Ooh, so i was like yeah. haha yeah your kid's taking this home is gonna make a lot of noise with with your train whistle. like um you know my nephew got a gift um from somebody that was like a wheelbarrow like you had to like it was like a fancy one but like it took yeah. so long to put together my poor brother-in-law was shaking and said like i can't wait to get 
you know, that family's kid, something that takes out 75 parts. Yeah, yeah. Like returning the favor and, you know, for stuff like that, it's, you know, I was putting together a little Tyke's house. I actually had the same house when I was little uh, this weekend. Unfortunately, it didn't take too long, but like that red and yellow coupe car, that classic car took me like four hours to put together at one point. I was like, man, now oh, I- those are, yeah, it's like, those now I know cars. like growing up, like what my dad kind of, you know, went through putting all this stuff together and everything else. It's like, it, it takes a lot of time and sitting there on YouTube with the, my phone kind of going back and forth with the the clips to go, all right, I got to put this piece here and this piece here and this piece here and that sort of thing. But uh, it's fun to see them get a kick out of it and what they're interested in right now and stuff like that. And like Jack is big into wanting to drive the car. Mm-hmm. Um, so oh, yeah. whenever we like we park at home, he's, you know, he mm-hmm. says drives, drives, drives. And we put him in the mm-hmm. front seat and he gets the wheel. So we got him a little handheld steering wheel type thing and stuff like that. It's, it's amazing. They've got a toy for everything. Um, if they're interested oh, in cleaning, thanks. vacuum cleaners, steering wheels, like um, they got all sorts of stuff. So we're just, uh, you know, trying to entertain them that way. And um, hopefully it gets a little bit more independent um, because once once uh, once Sissy, Sissy Lucy arrives, um, hopefully, he's, hopefully he's able to handle um, entertaining himself a little bit more. But um, yeah, it's uh, I can't believe we've we've done two years. We survived two years of, of being a dad, which um two pandemic years too and uh, i don't know yeah. like you but like i cannot believe my son is two already like cannot yeah. believe it um you know who is it that said the days are long but the the years are fast and yeah that's yeah. a that's a great way to put it from the parenting level so um exciting times there but uh yeah a lot of baseball going on um you know college ranks like i still can't believe that tennessee has only lost one game all year. I mean, what a season they're having. And uh, uh, a lot of usual suspects at the top of the D1 baseball top 25. Um, Texas got a big series win against TCU after that, that Oklahoma series win. And man, the job Pete Hansen did uh, Arkansas, Oklahoma state, Texas tech, um, a lot of usual suspects up there in the, in, in the top part of the list. Um, but so many Texas teams, Dallas Baptist, Texas state, um, just the, the health of the baseball in the area right now, even, you know, I know TCU dropped out of top 25, but I think that's a team that's, that's going to compete in the big 12 all season. Um, the health of baseball in this area, as we always say, uh, is in really, really good shape from the college level down to the Juco level. And then we're seeing at the high school level as well. Yeah. There, there's some interesting box scores I saw, um, you know, it, it it's starting to level out a little bit. Like you said, um, the teams that most people thought were going to be good are, are, are yeah. improving it. Um, just those, those rosters that are deeper now. Um, this is when your depth has got to show up. Yeah. Yeah. So that like, you know, the, the teams like we're talking about are, are, you know, the, we're the benefactors of a lot of, you know, portal activity and stuff like that. And I think some of those guys, you know, it's, I don't think people understand how difficult that can be. Um, yeah moving from a power five school to another one can be tough. You know, there's, mm-hmm. you know, different expectations. There's, there's a lot going on and it's not always a seamless transition, but I think you're starting to see some of those type of guys settle in and, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's been good for a lot of these schools, you know, I mean, and, and like one of the untraditional ones, like you mentioned, Texas state, you know, they're an old roster and it shows, you know, I mm-hmm. think they, they ended up losing this past weekend, but you know, they've been, they've been really, really good. And, um, you know, it, it's fun to watch those guys play. Cause you know, as we start to talk to these guys and, 
and get a feel for what type of guys they're recruiting and what their roster construction is like. You get to see some patterns and, you know, it's fun because, you know, we talked to coach Blakely down at, um, you know, friend of the pod, uh, talked to him for, for some of the recruiting series and man, like a lot of the stuff that he forecasted for their team has, has played out. Yeah. And it, it's cool to see that, you know, it's just, we know how hard those guys work and the, some of those recruiting coordinators, it's, it's a tough job now. Yeah. Putting a roster together is tough. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's not the same job it was a decade ago. Right. Um, I mean, you're, you know, at any given time, you're, I mean, if you're recruiting kids that are freshmen and sophomores, I mean, you're, you're almost responsible for eight plus years worth of kids. Yeah. It's it's wild. It's wild to think of. And, you know, I think some of these teams are starting to really utilize staff members to monitor the portal. Yeah. It's, you almost have to. Um, Absolutely. You have to. Yeah. And and, and it is going to be, it's going to be interesting to, as it continues to play out to see, um, if it slows down some of the early recruiting in high school for, uh, you know, it's never going to end it, but if it slows it down some, you know, people will start saving portal spots for, mm-hmm. for the summer. I mean, I, I think I, I, there's a mix and a balance of it that you probably would prefer if, that, if all the coaches were asked, but it is, it, it's wild to see. And it's interesting to see play out, but um, just something to watch as we kind of move forward. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully it slows that stuff down, but yeah, it's uh, it's, it's tough to tough for those programs to turn down some of those, some of those commitments. Um, yeah. Like when Texas tech got case and Cunningham in the 2025 class, yeah. I was like, yep. Yeah. That, that guy looks like he's going to be one of the best hitters in, in the state for his first class. I'll leave, oh, before yeah. we wrap up here, I'll leave you with, with two baseball things. Have you seen what Stephen Kwan is doing? Speaking of yes. college guys, Oregon State standout um like him and Nick Madrigal were on like imagine pitching to those guys in college just like Darwin Barney like I mean like like the 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 low strikeout outstanding on base and contact guys like Stephen Kwan hasn't swung and missed yet keep in mind this is his debut season he was never played in the MLB level before this year um small sample size you know only 19 plate appearances but Seven on seven eighty nine on base percentage and six ninety two average. Um, that's that's pretty pretty good for a debut. Like I think just, he he reached base fifteen times in his first four games. Yeah, fifteen. That's nuts. Like it's. Yeah. And, and did you see the um, the Rory Sasaki game? The twenty year old from Japan. I saw your tweets about it. Uh, so that's, that's just... he threw a hundred and two pitch perfect game with 19 strikeouts and i somebody asked is this the best pitching performance of all time like and i great yeah it's a japanese league i know it's not major league baseball but i'm trying to think like it that might be be, harder though that might be harder because they typically they don't strike out as much exactly exactly Mm -hmm. yeah yeah they don't strike out as much there's you know they put the ball in play a lot and i was thinking i was like 19 strikeouts, perfect game, but the efficiency to only throw 102 pitches despite striking out 19 guys. Um, he's like, if you haven't, if you if you're a baseball fan and just have some free time, go watch the video of that, but just watch some video on him. Like he can bump it over a hundred, um, <laughs> throws a nasty splitter. Like his stuff is phenomenal. Um, I'm sure there's just a point in time before he comes over to um uh, to stateside, but 
uh, just, you know, he's, he's one of the best pitching talents on the planet, regardless of league country, yeah. whatever. And uh, cool to see that also cool to see say Suzuki hit a bomb for the Cubs and yep. um, he's only chased, I think one pitch and swung a miss once so far. So we always talk about, Hey, how do these guys skills translate, you know, the different pitching and velocity and stuff like that. Well, well, he faced Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff and Freddie Peralta um, and more than held his own there. So that's going to be exciting guy to, to follow with the Cubs, but um, that's, uh, you know, some exciting guys to keep tabs on and things like that. There's just so much baseball going on. As you can tell, I'm definitely excited. And uh, we'll see how Bryce Elder does in his debut tonight uh, for the Atlanta Braves. Friends of the podcast are doing big things, uh, and we appreciate them joining. And uh, we appreciate you all of y'all for listening. Uh, this is episode 56. We're going to cross the 17,000 download mark. Uh, today so thanks for tuning in and uh, if you're listening to this on apple podcasts it'd be nice if you could leave us a, a rating and review uh, we're on apple Podcasts. we've got a podcast tab at fivetool.org um you know we're posting these on youtube the video versions facebook twitter um you know we've got five tool coverage all over the place instagram tiktok twitter just uh, we're everywhere just make sure you're following us to keep up to date with all these great performances that we're seeing across the state and all these games that we're at i mean our video team is all over the place um, Drew and I are all over the place uh, trying to provide you uh, the best coverage we can of all the great high school talent in the state of Texas and even beyond too. We've got some great things going on in Arizona, California as well. So make sure you're following all the five tool stuff, but, uh, but for Drew Bishop, I'm Dustin McComas. Thanks for tuning into episode 56 of the five tool baseball podcast. We hope you have a great week until we talk to y'all next time. Take care. <laughs>